loving father in heaven we thank you for making us to be among the living today may all praise glory honor and adoration be unto your holy name now and forevermore our father this morning we want you to bless us as we go through our devotion lord we ask for the gift of your holy spirit grant to us understanding as spiritual things are spiritually descend lord we pray that you would explain these things to us and help us lord to put these things into practice and that what we'll learn will bring us closer and closer to you and help us lord to reflect the image of jesus put your words in our mouth help us lord to speak words that will be a blessing to everyone who will be listening to us and i also pray you grant to them your spirit too and grant them understanding thank you lord for hearing and thank you for answering in jesus name i've prayed amen our high calling february 10 efficacy of christ's blood it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world to many it has been a mystery why so many sacrificial offerings were required in the old dispensation why so many bleeding victims were led to the altar but the great truth that was to be kept before men and imprinted upon mind and heart was this without shedding of blood is no remission hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 in every bleeding sacrifice was typified the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the world john chapter 1 verse 29 christ himself was the originator of the jewish system of worship in which by types and symbols were shadowed forth spiritual and heavenly things today we are living when type has met antitype in the offering of christ for the sins of the world we are living in the day of increased light and yet how few are benefited with the grand and all-important truth that christ has made an ample sacrifice for all what justice required christ had rendered in the offering of himself and how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 those who reject the gift of life will be without excuse thank god that he who spilled his blood for us lives to plead it lives to make intercession for every soul who receives him if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness 1 john chapter 1 verse 9 the blood of jesus christ cleanses us from all sin it speaketh better things than the blood of abel for christ ever liveth 
to make intercession for us. We need to keep ever before us the efficacy of the blood of Jesus. That life-cleansing, life-sustaining blood appropriated by living faith is our hope. We need to grow in appreciation of its inestimable value, for it speaks for us only as we by faith claim its virtue, keeping the conscience clean and at peace with God. This is represented as the pardoning blood, inseparably connected with the resurrection and life of our Redeemer illustrated by the ever-flowing stream that proceeds from the throne of God, the water of the river of life. Amen. The title of our devotion is Efficacy of Christ's Blood. Our key text, Leviticus 17 verse 11 says, It is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. This devotion, first of all, focuses on trying to make us understand why blood is an, is an important article for sacrifice. And then secondly, urges us to respond to the sacrifice made by Jesus. Firstly, let us consider what the Bible teaches about sacrifices and blood. First of all, we'll look at the book of Leviticus chapter 7, reading from verse 26 and 27. There God said, Moreover, ye shall eat no manner of blood, whether it be of fowl or of beast in any of your dwellings. Whatsoever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. Now, from here, we see God placing a prohibition on the eating of blood and he gives his reason or he gives the punishment first of all he says that anyone who eats blood shall be cut off from his people now why is it that god says so in the book of leviticus 17 reading from verse 10 we read and whatsoever man there be of the house of israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood i will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. The reason now is verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood. Neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that they may that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, You shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. I think God is very clear here, teaching us some kind of biology. 
But beyond biology, there is something spiritual about it. The prohibition is placed in love. It's a warning given because God loves us. He says, do not eat the blood. It is the life of the flesh. It's more like telling you, don't touch that thing. Like it's going to be harmful to you. That is where the life of the flesh is. He's not, say, he's not saying that the, the life is in the blood. He's saying the blood is the life. Not that life is inside it and then there's some other thing. No. Look at the statement there. He says, for the life is the blood. That is verse 14 of Leviticus 17. At the end of it, it says, For the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. There, whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Why is it a problem if you eat blood? God is saying, I gave it for atonement because that blood is life. The life of the animal is the blood. That's what God is saying. And it's going to affect us not that he's just going to cut us off per se, but that blood will affect you negatively when you eat it. But in the spiritual sense, that is where the life is. When we sin, and we are, our life is required of us, since life is blood, therefore it is our blood that is required. The sin that we are talking about here is the person's life. He has, If I commit any sin, and then my life is required because I sinned, it is my blood that is my life that is required. So it's not the flesh. When God says, God created us and he says, this person has sin in him. Where is that sin going to be? Of course, it is his life. And the life is the blood. But here we have the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And before we go into the blood of Jesus, I will say, by the way, I recommend, I don't want to read it, uh, that we read the book of 1 Samuel 14, reading from verse 32 to 34 to see once more how it was a sin to eat blood i'm just going by the way that's why today we should be careful of this thing because it has not yet gone out of force because in the book of Acts, chapter 15 verse 28 and 29 we still see the same prohibition even in the new testament it says for it seemed good to the holy ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood in verse 20 it says but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollution of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood so the eating of blood is still is still prohibited even till today so watch yourself when you're eating flesh and you don't take out the blood that's just by the way the focus of today's devotion is on the blood of jesus christ what is the efficacy of the blood of jesus christ my blood your blood we have sinned therefore our blood has no power whatsoever to cleanse any other person's sin because that blood has sin in it but the blood of jesus which is his life in his life from the day he was born till the day he was crucified and he said it is finished and gave up the ghost that life was free from sin and since we read in leviticus 17 reading from verse 14 that the blood is the life so when we say god christ's life is free from sin it means his blood is free from sin now in the book of hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 it says without shedding of blood is no remission somebody may want to ask why why must there be bloodshed the reason is this my life is in my blood and if I have sinned, my life is required, therefore my blood is required. 
if someone else must take my place, then that person's blood must be free from sin, first of all, and that blood must be shed on my behalf. If I must live, then somebody has to take my place so that I can live because my own life is already required, which is my blood. Remember, Leviticus 17, 14, the life is the blood. So if the life is required, it is the blood that is required. Therefore, if my life is required, my blood is required. If somebody is going to take my place, then the person's life will be taken in place of mine. That means the person's blood will be taken in place of mine. But that blood, that life has to be free from sin. Thank God for sending his son, Jesus Christ. He lived a life free from sin and then was qualified to die. We saw yesterday how the father gave his son like abraham sacrificed isaac on the altar that was exactly what the father did when he permitted jesus to die on the cross it was the father himself sacrificing his son for me and for you and that blood that was shed is powerful to cleanse me from all my sin and powerful enough to give me grace to live a life that is free from sin. Thank God that he who spilled his blood for us lives to plead it, lives to make intercession for every soul who receives him. And that's why we are told in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you believe it? You have to believe it because that is your only hope as we saw yesterday. The center of our hope is in the cross. But what happened on the cross? Jesus' blood was shed. That is the center of the center of our hope. That blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary is the center of the center of our hope. It shows us, it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That blood shed makes me to be free. The death I was supposed to die now I am free, I can live. But if I sin again, I bring myself into condemnation. That is why we are told in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we sin, we can confess our sins. That he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then in 1 John 2 verse 1, we are told, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. But... If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So the blood was shed, but then the person who shed it is alive. And he lives to make intercession for us. Assuming he died and the blood was shed, then it only it's only for our past sins. Every other sin we commit will be held accountable for it. But praise God that he who shed his blood is alive. And is making intercession for us so that we can have the opportunity to perfect our Christian character. So that while trying to perfect it, in case we sin again, we can still plead for forgiveness, confess our sins, and he will plead for us because he lives. And then we can get pardon from sin. This is the efficacy of the blood of Jesus. This is represented as the pardoning blood inseparably connected with the resurrection and life of our redeemer so you see what i'm saying that blood is not just about the death but even the resurrection is connected to it 
that blood is pleading great things for us. Let us take advantage of it. Christ is inviting us to live that life that he gives us through his blood. That life-cleansing, life-sustaining blood appropriated by living faith is our hope. We need to grow in appreciation of his inestimable value for it speaks for us only as we by faith claim its virtue. Keeping the conscience clean, that is the only way it can speak for us. So we must be careful to keep the conscience clean and be at peace with God. How do we become at peace with God? By living a righteous life and going away from sin. But how do we get away, go away from sin? It is still by that blood. That blood is powerful indeed, cleansing our sins and giving us power to live above sin. Let us by faith take hold of the grace that has been given to us through the, through the blood of Jesus. And let us live that life that is free from sin is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God that he who spilled his blood for us lives to please it, lives to make intercession for every soul who receives him. We need to keep ever before us the efficacy of the blood of Jesus, that life-cleansing, life-sustaining blood. Appropriated by living faith is our hope. We need to grow in appreciation of its inestimable value, for it speaks for us only as we by faith claim its virtue, keeping the conscience clean and at peace with God. Yesterday we studied the center of our hope, which is the cross of Christ, where the blood of Christ was spilled for our redemption, for our salvation. And today we are studying the efficacy of the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is not given to cover our houses, our cars, or to cover us in our sins. But the blood of Christ is given to cleanse us from our sins. To cleanse us from every iniquity and purify us unto himself. And that is why... The lesson made us understand that Christ is making intercession for us. He is pleading for his blood. He lives to make intercession for every soul who receives him. And so we need to keep ever before us the efficacy of the blood of Christ and what it does for us. It does not cover our houses, our cars, cover us in our sins what he does is it cleanses us from our sin as much as we receive and believe that Christ died for us the blood of Christ is sufficient to cleanse us from our sins keeping the conscience clean and at peace with God and that is what the blood of Christ is for us is for cleansing. And I pray the Lord will help us to always plead for that blood of Christ to cleanse us from all our iniquities. As he says, as the Bible said, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. If we confess, I pray the Lord will help us to really confess our sins and plead for the blood of Christ to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Amen.
question as to how or why in the Jewish system there was much there was much um, shedding of blood of the lambs we we see here in the devotion it says Christ himself was the originator of the Jewish system of worship in which by types and symbols were shadowed forth spiritual and heavenly things today we are living when type has met anti-type in the offering of Christ for the sins of the world. We are living in a day of increased light and yet how few are benefited with the grand and all-important truth that Christ has made an ample sacrifice for all. So why was there shedding of blood before? The reason is that those lambs that were shed, they were typifying the coming of Jesus Christ and his shedding his his crucifixion on the cross for every lamb that was shed the people who brought the lamb ought to believe not in that lamb but they were doing it as a symbol that they believed that someday the true lamb of god was going to come that is why when god gave the instruction as to how to choose the lamb and the qualifications for that lamb the lamb was to be a lamb a year old it is not supposed to be too old but one year old it was supposed to be without blemish those things symbolize the innocence that is one year old without blemish without sin and why that was represented is that the lamb of god was going to be without blemish and without sin and that is the qualification of that lamb when you read the book of leviticus 4 you see that Whoever sins, brings the lamb, places his hand on that lamb and confesses his sin, takes an instrument, knife perhaps, and slays the lamb himself, not another, not the priest. The person who brought the lamb, who confesses the sin on the lamb, slays the lamb himself. The blood of that lamb is then taken into the sanctuary. You can see that. Let me just read in Leviticus chapter 4 so that we get it clearly. So Leviticus 4, reading from verse 1, says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of, the, of God, of the Lord, concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, that's anyone, whether priest or people, then let him, whether it is the people or the priest, bring for his sin, which he had seen a young bullock, young bullock, there's a place where God said it should be a year old, young bullock without blemish. That is no black spot, it must be white, clean. Without blemish unto the Lord for a sin offering, and he shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, and shall lay his hand upon the bullock's head. That is the confession of the sin now. And kill the bullock it is not the priest but the person who brought it will kill the bullock before the lord and the priest that is anointed shall take the of the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle of the blood seven times before the lord before the veil of the sanctuary now my point in all this is to make us understand why was there this shedding of blood many people look at it and say oh is it that god loves to kill these lambs or what see with all that, the people were supposed to understand that this is what my sin has cost. 
if you are careful and troubled by the blood of lambs and by their death, then what more the, the blood and death of our Lord, Creator, Jesus Christ. All those lambs, their blood is nothing. You cannot compare it to the blood of Jesus. Every time we sin, God wanted them to understand the implication of their sin. So it's not something for us to look at with a jest or to sneer at God and feel like, why is he saying, why, why was there all this bloodshed and bloodshed and bloodshed? It, is for the, it was for the people to understand the deep implication of sin. That every time we sin, that's why in the New Testament we are told they crucify the Son of Man afresh. Because every time they sin, they were supposed to bring a lamb for their sins. So if that was the case, then every time we sin, we are crucifying the Son of Man afresh. And that is something really heavy on the heart. Really, really heavy on the heart. For us to think about it, that every time we sin, we crucify the Son of Man afresh. Sin is not a light thing then. No matter how small you think that sin is, it is not a light thing. And this was what God wanted them to understand in the shedding of blood of lambs. That the Lord Jesus Christ was going to come someday, yes, to cleanse their sins. It was supposed to be something that gives them hope, yes. But at the same time, it was supposed to institute in them a carefulness so that you don't sin flippantly, carelessly, recklessly. Neither should you even sin, whether reckless or not reckless. But people need to understand that sin is a serious issue, but also to inspire hope in them that their sins were going to be forgiven and that there is hope that they can live even though they have sinned. This is the reason for all those sacrifices. And we are to take advantage of it that God has made a way for us. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. That was John the Baptist's statement when he saw Jesus. I'll read from the fourth paragraph. It says, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. It speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. And we call it the speaking blood. Uh, have you ever heard blood speaking before? How, how does it speak? We've heard from Archbishop Christ talking about the speaking blood. I point us to the song from hymn 332. It says, Oh, now I see the burning crimson wind, the fountain I see the new creation rise. I hear the speaking blood. It speaks. Polluted nature dies. Sings need the cleansing flood. Amazing grace is heaven below to feel the blood applied. And Jesus, only Jesus know my Jesus crucified. The cleansing stream I see, I see. I plunge and know it cleansed me. Oh, praise the Lord, it cleansed me. It cleansed me, yes. It cleansed me. For Christ ever liveth to make intercession for us we need to keep ever before us the efficacy of the blood of jesus now here's the difference between jesus's blood and the blood of bulls when you kill the animal the animal dies you take you sample the blood but here in christ's case he who died he is also the priest that 
catches the blood, he is also making intercession. He's alive to speak on his own behalf. Hallelujah. The whole system is a blueprint depicting how sin must be eradicated forever and ever and never to rise again. Nahum chapter 1 verse 9. How sin must be taken out of the God's system. It was brought in by Satan. See, John had been deeply moved as he saw Jesus bowed as a suppliant, pleading with tears for the Father's approval. The Holy Spirit rested upon him, and with outstretched hand pointing to Jesus, he cried, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Desire of Ages 112. Christ himself was the originator of the Jewish economy, the Jewish system of worship, in which by types and symbols were shadowed forth spiritual and heavenly things. Every morning and evening a lamb of a year old was burned upon the altar with its appropriate meat offering, thus symbolizing the daily consecration of the nation to Jehovah. So it was not only a personal thing, as a country, as a nation, they were showing that they believe in the efficacy of the blood of Jesus and their constant dependence upon the atoning blood of Christ. Christ in his sanctuary, page 47. Jesus died to rescue man from the grasps of Satan. He came to set us free by the blood of his atoning sacrifice. In Councils on Health, page 83. Would you be free from the burden of sin? That's a question in the hymn. The answer is there is power in the blood. Would you gain the victory over sin? The answer comes again. There is power in the blood and it's a wonder-working power. The plan of salvation, the plan for our redemption was not an afterthought. A plan formulated after the fall of Adam. It was a revelation of the mystery which had been kept in silence through the times eternal. It was an unfolding of the principles that from eternal ages have been the foundation of God's throne. From the beginning, God and Christ knew of the apostasy of Satan and of all the fall of man through the deceptive power of the apostate. God did not ordain that sin should exist, but he foresaw its existence and made provision to meet the terrible emergency. So great was his love for the world that he covenanted to give his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have it everlasting life. You see what Jesus, how Jesus came and died, all the humiliation he went through, all of them was to teach us how sin will be eradicated from the world. And he said, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 and 7. In these words is announced the fulfillment of the purpose that had been hidden from eternal ages. Christ was about to visit our world and to become incarnate. He says, A body has thou prepared for me. Had he appeared with the glory that was with that he was with in the Father before the world was, we would not have endured the light of his presence. 
that we might behold it and not be destroyed. The manifestation of his glory was shrouded. His divinity was veiled with humanity. The invincible glory in the visible form. In the great day of final award, the dead are to be judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. Revelation chapter 20 verse 12. Then by virtue of the atoning blood of Christ, the sins of all the truly penitent will be blotted from the books of heaven. Thus their sanctuary will be freed or cleansed from the record of sin. Amen. The efficacy of his blood, of Christ's blood. One of the lines here talks about that this blood is cleansing. It cleanses from all sins and it leads to make intercession. The ability of God's of the blood of Christ to cleanse us from all filthiness, it's really a blessing. In the book of Galatians 2 verse 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a blessing that we now have a transfer of character. The life, the we are told blood carries nutrients and yeah, it carries water, it carries oxygen, yes. So, if you have a, a change of blood, Jesus, his own blood now speaking on our behalf, his own life now given to us, receiving from him the nutrients, his own mind, receiving from him his own breath, his own principles, these things work out in our own life onto a new man, the old man being crucified, our characters being changed. It's a, a blessing. It's really amazing to find that we can have a change of character because Jesus now lives in our behalf. We don't need to. We don't no longer. We no longer need to live in despair and regrets of our own past lives and then wasting and keep hitting our head against the wall of how bad our past has been. If we are crucified with Christ, we will have a change of life. It's a blessing. And that's the work of the blood of Jesus. It cleanses. It changes our motives, our thoughts, our actions. And you shall receive power. Page 49, paragraph 2, it says, This is the great gift of heaven. Christ imparted to them through the Spirit his own sanctification. He imbued them with his power that they might win souls to the gospel. Henceforth, Christ would live through their faculties and speak through their words. They were privileged to know that hereafter he and they were to be one. They must cherish his principles and be controlled by his Spirit. They were no longer to follow his, their own way to speak their own words. The words they spoke were to proceed from the sanctified heart and fall from 
sanctified lips. No longer were they to live their own selfish life. Christ was to them. Christ was to live in them and speak through them. He would give to them the glory that he had with the Father, that he and they might be one in God. This is the privilege. This is the benefit of having Christ atone for our own sins, atone for our weaknesses and our difficulties. It's a blessing. And I really pray that this blood work that Christ is trying to do for us will really be efficient in changing our characters to be like his. It is possible. So as we have been told, let us dwell on it, meditate on it, contemplate on it. I think if we understood that every sin, every wrong word I'm going to speak has the implication of crucifying Christ again. If really that impression is deeply made in my heart, I'll be careful how I do things. And if I also know that this power, this blood has power to enable me to do everything he asks me to do, then, like Paul will say, I can, uh, Paul will say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then there is no limit to what can, what can be achieved by having a, a fresh knowledge of this sacrifice in our minds day in day out i pray that the holy spirit will really share that brought this love and this concept in our hearts in christ's name amen in conclusion i would want us to get very clearly so that we don't miss the lesson firstly the life of every flesh is the blood whether humans or animals okay secondly the blood is not something to be taken lightly, whether it is the blood of humans or the blood of animals and goats or fowls. Because God saw it as something so important that he would say that we shouldn't take any manner of it into our mouth. And even in the New Testament, we saw the same thing. Then, if the blood of animals was so prohibited and God understood something deeply about it, then the blood of Jesus is a powerful thing indeed. Powerful enough to cleanse us of our sins and to also give us power to live above sin. So we are to appropriate these blessings. We are to receive the advantages that comes from the blood of Jesus. The reason for the bloodshed of all the lambs and goats in the Old Testament was because God was trying to impress on the hearts of the people the enormity of sin and to also give them hope that in the future the lamb of god was going to come they were not just killing it not believing in jesus they knew that while they were taking the blood of those lambs it was not taking away their sins but it was a symbol of a coming messiah of a coming lamb of god who was going to be a human being that was going to die for the rest of the world although they lost sight of that symbol as time went on but the few who still kept it in mind was able, were able to appropriate the blessing so that when Jesus died, the Christians understood that this was what his death was for. And this is the reason why today there is no need for any shedding of blood of animals anymore. 
it is not necessary because Jesus has died once and for all and his blood speaks better things than the blood of any animal. To share the blood of an animal today is to insult Jesus, is to say that his blood was not enough and therefore I need to share the blood of animals. It is to raise the blood of animals above the blood of Jesus. If Jesus has finally come and died, there is no need for the shedding of the blood of animals. And we also have understood that the blood of Jesus was not shed for your car or your house or any of your possessions. It was shared to cleanse your sin. Your house did not sin. Your possessions did not sin. It is a misuse and irreverence, deep irreverence, to use to pray that the blood of Jesus covers your car, your house, your land, your possessions. It is irreverence towards God and a belittling of the blood of Jesus. It is spiting it and it is making it a commonplace thing. We are not to make the blood of Jesus become a commonplace thing that we put on mere possessions, houses, lands, cars, and all of that. The blood of Jesus is for sin, for the cleansing of sin. And that is why the blood of Jesus does not stop your death today. We may still die, but yet our sins are cleansed and we have hope of a resurrection. People say you cover this car with the blood of Jesus as we are traveling. It is not necessary to say that people still die even after they've covered it doesn't protect from accident angels do that work angels of god protect us from accidents they protect us from harm and danger the blood of jesus does not do that what the blood of jesus does is strictly for your sins and that is why even though we are covered with the blood of jesus we can still may still have accidents we may still have sicknesses we may still die and many have been dying, like Paul. Jesus himself, who had the blood, died. So, don't think that the blood of Jesus will stop you from dying. The person who had the blood himself died. And those who appropriated the blessings at the beginning of his ministry died. But their sins are forgiven and there is a resurrection for them and hope for eternal life. And not only were their sins forgiven, they lived a life free from sin. That was why Jesus came. He shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1.21 And how? By his death. That is how he saves us from our sins. He doesn't leave us in our sins. He cleanses our sins and gives us power to live above it. May God give us more understanding of these things. May he impress on our hearts deeply the truths involved here. And remember, I pray that this thing stays on my own heart too, that every time we sin, we crucify the Son of Man afresh. Though he has said we can, forg- we can ask for forgiveness, but let it not be something we do carelessly, recklessly. Let it not- I wish it is something we don't even do at all because of the implications. We, shouldn't, we, should, we should be planning and working towards coming to a position where we live a life free from sin completely knowing that every time i sin i am crucifying the son of man afresh therefore my plan should be i'm walking towards coming to a place where i don't even sin at all may god give us that grace in jesus name amen let's pray our father in heaven we thank you very much this morning for our lesson study thank you for this devotion granting us another opportunity to learn from your word thank you for the truth and the power in the blood that can cleanse us from all of our sins and all of our unrighteousness thank you that we have this hope in you and for this reason we can praise you give thanks to your name 
thank you very much for teaching us today again we pray that today as we go about our business you may be with us continue to guide and protect us thank you very much for hearing us may these lessons continue to ring in our heart throughout the day that whenever we come short whenever we fall short we may remember the efficacy of your blood and ask for forgiveness of sin and for cleansing and not to use your blood as the world teaches men to do in gatherings today thank you very much for giving us such understanding from your word that our lives can please you in all way thank you very much for hearing us for we have prayed in jesus name
Stop it. 